You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The down on the docks on the other side of the tracks, dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to right here on the free Odyssey app. Or hey, listen, wherever else you're downloading that podcast action from, I'm not judging as long as you're liking, subscribing, and sharing, and doing your due diligence for the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. And those same feelings go towards YouTube as well. And if you had not said hello to us yet, you know the drill. Go hit us up on those socials. Also, if you're liking the gear, you've seen the gear down on Occidental, you've seen it on the road, you've seen it in the stadium, you've seen it in the bars, you want the street cred for wearing the rye bread, hit up at simply.cora. That's at simply.cora on Instagram or Etsy. All right, that's all the house cleaning I have for today. We're dropping a weekend edition. And if you're getting to this late, that's probably because you're not liked and subscribed. We made this shit real simple. This is when all the exclusive content usually comes out. When you're not looking for it, we're going to sneak up right behind you. We're doing that today. And our special guest, we got a special guest for you this weekend, Mr. Chris Anderson. You know him, though, as a Pike Street drummer, always banging on those drums, whether it's a victory, whether it's a loss, whatever's going down at T-Mobile Park. We got him right here on the Rye Bread and Mustard and Mariners podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, here's the big reveal to show you that. I ain't lying. There he is. What's what? up? What's up? What's up? It's so quiet. I've never heard you in such a quiet atmosphere. Um, this is very rare for, for everybody here. It's not 40,000 fans around, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's new. So, yeah. So, you've yeah. been doing this. For people that uh, you know don't make it out to T-Mobile Park, maybe they're listening out on the East Coast or whatever, you're playing the drums outside of the left field uh, entrance pretty much every home game. I think I've only missed probably like six to seven of them. And uh, those were like mental, uh, mental days I had to take for myself. But other than that, man, I've been out there. Uh, rain, sleet, snow, high winds, winds, loses, zombie apocalypses. Just, just been out, <laughs> you know, it's dedicated, you know. Yeah, you are the vibe. You are literally the the first and the last thing thing you see. Yeah, it's pretty cool because um, because I feel like I'm like the first line of uh inspiration when fans are going into the stadium. So I feel like if I can get them hyped and give them enough energy, they can kind of uh transfer that from the stands onto the field, and then you know the players want to play for uh fans supporting them. They kind of want to show out. You know, and the more fans in the stadium already turned up and hype, you know, I think the better we perform. So it's almost a symbiosis of uh, of collaborations going on, you know. 
Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. You play with the highest of highs and the lowest of lows of the emotions of the fans coming out. Uh, what's your like go to if we just had a big walk off victory? Everybody's coming out of the stadium charged up. What's what's your go to? So I reel them in with some Michael Jackson, and then for Michael Jackson, uh, I get them dancing with each other with dance with somebody. And then, uh, you know, we just keep the party going for a little bit. And then I, I, I got to throw in that don't stop believing just so the fans know, you know, win, lose or draw. You know, we still support the Mariners. You know what I mean? That always gets them riled up. And, uh, and then I take it to some more dancing. And then I, I sometimes have to, like, stop because they won't stop dancing. So I'm like, all right, this is the last song. They're like, no. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I, I play uh, Peaches um, from uh, the Super Mario Brothers track. That's kind of like the the last song of the night. And that's kind of like my uh, curtain call song. And so, you know, uh, I play that and let them know, like, hey, I got to go home because, you know, I, I don't live here on, in front of left field gate. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's some expensive real estate down there. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. And so let's just go to the flip side of that. Let's just think let's just. Uh, how about like, look, last year, probably the lowest feeling of, or was obviously the playoff game when the Mariners lost to the Houston Astros. Yeah. What are you playing? What's the vibe like? What are the people like you when this is going on as well? Well, well, the game before. OK, so we that when we made that playoff berth, like that game that night was crazy. It was like everybody was dancing. And I think after the game people were dancing like two hours after the game had ended and really was, yeah i have video of that on my instagram and i'm just it's just like you just see this tiny little drummer surrounded by like three thousand fans going crazy so like that was a good experience versus uh when we lost that it was still like really somber i know um fans took it hard i took it hard you know we we always want to win but I still, you know, wanted to provide that good energy, that good vibe. You know, like I say, win, lose, or draw, it's always going to be a party at, you know, left field gate. So a lot of fans appreciate it. A lot of fans were like, I don't want to dance with nobody. Get out of here, guy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I stopped believing, you know, but but still, but still you know, uh, we're still going to party and have a good time. I think the fans appreciate it. Um, and I and I think it's uh, it's uh, it's becoming a part of the tradition uh going to the ballpark i know a lot of parents hit me up and and their kids are like can we see pike street drummer after the game you know and then the games i'm not there which is probably like those six or seven that i missed you know they were a little they're a little bummed and so they they you know dm me the messages of their kids and so i post those you know i like to post um from the fans experience perspective of uh what they're experiencing at the park so like that's really cool yeah, and you've been doing this now for four seasons. Is that yeah, correct? I think it's three, my third or fourth season. Yeah, at the park. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of flew by a little bit because I was playing on first and Pike. That's where I got my start. Right. And then um, a couple of people were suggesting like, hey, you should like go play in front of the Mariner Stadium. And I was like, okay, okay. People kept asking, and so I like finally set up in front of left field gate, and then the parks. Uh, the park manager came out and he was like, Hey, uh, who, who are you with? And like, how did you get here? Or like, who did you talk to? I was like, man, I just set up. He was like, whatever you do, man, just keep coming back. And we're not going to say anything if nobody else says anything. And so since then I just been there, man.
Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. We have the one and only Mr. Tom Hutler. How are you doing? Doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. There was one time I came out of a watering hole in West Seattle, and somebody came, and this guy had been overserved. I came out of the restaurant, and he goes, you're the, you're the Mariner guy? I go, yeah. And he goes, could you do Ken Griffey Jr.? And I said, okay. So I did it, and he goes, you're a great man. <laughs> I love it. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Meredith podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply you know, doing a little bit of homework on you before you came on here. I looked up some articles. also know that you're born and raised in Chicago. You've been out in Seattle for a decade. So what was Chicago like? How was that music scene? Obviously a lot of great artists come out of Chicago, especially in the late nineties and early two thousands. So what was that music scene like? And what was your music uh, upbringing? Well, I always wasn't uh, playing on the street. I was actually going to uh, Columbia college and there was this brass band, called Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. It was, it was eight brothers. They all played uh, brass instruments and they would street perform in front of my college. And I would I would just sit there and watch them. I asked them one day like, yo, you guys need a drummer? And they were like, yeah. And so I started playing with them and started skipping college. And we were street performing all around downtown Chicago. And we were making, we were making a, a lot of money for eight guys splitting that money down at the end of the day. So we started going to New Orleans, LA, and New York, and uh, we got to New York and and actually stayed in New York probably about, um, we lived there for like eight years. That was like different. And from New York, we started meeting like all these A-list celebrities just like downtown in Times Square playing on the street. A lot of people would uh, ask us to come to their studio sessions. We met one of the representatives from the Gorillas. They flew us out to London to do some studio work and we ended up touring with the Gorillas uh, for a while. Um, uh, Maxwell, Erica Badu, 50 Cent, uh, Ghostface, Kanye West. Uh, I did production with the B-52s and Wyclef and just a whole list of uh, people, you know what I mean, out in New York. And uh, I met a girl and uh, moved to Seattle. I know that you also toured with Most Deaf. Is that right? Yeah, man. We toured Most Deaf uh, for a while. It was um, So Robert Glasper, he's a um, Grammy Award winning. Uh, pianist. He was Most Def's musical director, and uh, we were working with him, and he brought us on this Most Def big band tour. So we toured all over uh, seas with Most Def, uh, London, Paris, Amsterdam, Dublin. We did a bunch of shows in Dublin. And from those tours, uh, the band Hypnotic Brass Ensemble, we cre- we started to create a name for ourselves, and we uh, toured, individ- not individually, but as a group, as Hypnotic Brass Ensemble for like a while. They're actually still touring. They've been touring for the past 27 years now. Yeah, they're all over um, any major platforms, YouTube, uh, Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Uh, they're really dope, man. They're like a fusion of like jazz and um, hip hop, a little R&B in there. Uh, yeah, man, seven, eight, eight black guys from the south side of Chicago, man. They look like they they look like thugs with music instruments, and that was always we were we had a um, 
we had a nickname in the music industry. We were known as the bad boys of jazz because, like, we didn't play around. You know what I mean? You had to, you had to pay us at the end of our show, or it was going to be a little problem. <laughs> uh, being from Chicago, uh, so were you? Were you a Cubs guy? Were you a White Sox guy? You're, were you? A- Everybody's a Cubs fan in Chicago. We just can't afford the tickets, but everybody can go to the <laughs> Sox games. Uh, Sox games were like super cheap. I think you get tickets for like ten and. $15, but the Cubs games like back in the eighties and nineties and early 2000 were still like a hundred plus dollars. You know what I mean? At, yeah. at Ridley Field, they got those um, apartment buildings across from the stadium and you can go up top and look down into the, to the field. Even yeah. those are expensive. So, you know, um, everybody's always a Cubs fan. We're always rooting for the Cubs, you know? I've been to Wrigley Field. I never, I still haven't made it to Comiskey. I met some Chicago people here during the All-Star game and we were talking about it and they swore that uh, the White Sox games are way more lit than the Cubs games. And I was oh, yeah, like, damn. They, I feel- they, are. They, they, well, they, they are? Yeah, certain games, certain games. Um, the Cubs, the Cubs games, I've never been to a Cubs game, man. They're, like I said, the tickets were, just too expensive when I was growing up. But our family, uh, my mom always would take us to Sox games or like the YMCA always had like, you know, these passes to get into the Sox games. Mm-hmm. The Sox games, I think, were um, for, um, you know, the blue-collar individuals that worked in Chicago. So I think that's why the, I think the blue-collar culture in Chicago really appreciates the uh, Sox. Everybody's rooting for the Cubs. The Cubs are kind of like uh, – I feel like how the Kraken are, you know, I think the Kraken is a, uh, the team, they're, they're almost like a white collar, you know, uh, fan base. They are, they are. It's a, it is expensive to get into, to a Kraken game. The Seahawks and the Mariners, I think are catered to the blue collar uh, fan base. And I think that's why they have that strong support right there. Not saying that the, the Kraken don't have that strong support because they do. Their fan base is awesome as well. So do you also play uh, when the Seahawks are having games and what's, and if so, what's it like uh, with the NFL crowd versus the MLB crowd when you're, when you're doing this gig? Man, like um, the comparison, they're definitely two different fan bases. Um, But honestly, man, I think the baseball fan base is, is way more, I think, excited and more uh, interactive than the Seahawks fan base but like they both have their like ups and downs um i think seahawks fans are they might they might be more drunker because they're drinking at like eight in the morning because they're tailgating <laughs> yeah are you setting up earlier on a seahawks game yeah actually i do man because usually the later games or even the early games like i'm i'm always at the location probably four hours before each game starts but the seahawks games they're tailgating at like eight in the morning i'm not out there that early but like at least 11, 12 o'clock, I'm already like set up and playing till about, you know, when the game's over, you know, the setup's crazy. Uh, and the times I'm out there, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's some long work hours, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm not playing the whole time, but it's definitely almost eight hour days working uh, the Mariners or the Seahawks. So you, like you just said, they're not working the whole time. So when the game's going on, yeah, when the game's going, keep... I'm chilling. Yeah, yeah post post game i'm playing probably three hours up until a little bit into the first quarter or the first inning um and then once everybody's in the baseball games i start playing at the uh, top of the seventh inning 
through the uh, let out because like a lot of families leave um, the Mariner Stadium, a lot of families or older uh, individuals leave at the seventh inning. Mostly the couples on dates and uh, the other crowd, they leave after the game's over. Um, ah, interesting. Yeah. I kind of got it down. It's down to a science, man. I got it down. Yeah. So, so you're playing for all those people who are like, look, we got to go. We got to get on the, yeah, yeah. Ed, uh, we got to get up the on ramp and get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of, it's, it's usually typically a lot of families with like younger kids or like uh, older individuals over like 40, 50, 60. They're, they're leaving at the, at the top and bottom of the seven. And then so all those the, aren't the dancers. Those aren't the people hanging around all night. They're no, just kind no, of no, no, no. They're, yeah, they're trying to get out of there so they can get on the highway and get out. This is their workout mix to the car. Ladies and gentlemen, a very funny man. Please welcome from Seattle, Jay Buner. Here's one for you. Horse walks into a bar. Bartender says, hey, why the long face? Here's one for you. Aren't you glad he decided to play right field for the Mariners instead? The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. And I know that you got your start on First and Pike. Yeah. Right outside the Pike Place. I'm reading these articles that that everybody has covered here. All the news covered. Yeah. Uh, just to bring everybody up to speed. Can you tell us about that at all? So, yeah, so I was playing on First and Pike for about um, a year to a year and a half. And then I started to get uh, complaints from a condo that was in that area. And it was and I know exactly who the complaint people were because they came down personally and talked to me. And so um, I think a couple of those residents had some higher up friends in the Department of Transportation. Department of Transportation runs the, uh, the city streets and, and corners downtown Seattle. So um, the residents complained to them and then they then started to target me um, with fines and and uh, citations and stuff like that. And I just couldn't figure out, uh, you know, me being out here bringing all these people together. I wasn't obstructing any traffic or anything like that. Like, why was I at the top of their priority list for downtown um, at the time? So out of know, all I, the things, yeah, out of was, all the things, that was really listen, you're, you're keeping too many. We don't want the good vibes right now. So what was the complaint? So, so what, the, like a noise, they were like, man. So one of the one of the residents actually came down and told me, he said, hey, um, you know, me and my wife, we stay here on the weekends from our from our home on Orcas Island. And like she can't get any rest on the weekends. And I was like, dude, do you hear yourself? And so another lady was like, uh, you know, they just had a baby and like our music, my music was like just too loud. And I wasn't like playing at eight in the morning. I had like a set schedule on First and Pike where it was like Thursday through um, Sunday from probably like 11 to three or 11 to four, you know, because Pike Place Market starts to slow down with the foot traffic around four and five. 
So I wasn't out there every day. And also you're like in the middle of downtown, like in the hub of everything going on and you want peace and quiet. Like why would you even pick that location and not expect street noise or just the ambiance? Yeah, that's like living on the beach and going, I don't want sand on any of my shit. Like these ocean waves are driving me crazy. <laughs> um, so what ended up being the conclusion? So, so I just stopped playing. I just stopped playing on First and Pike. And that was kind of uh, when I started uh, playing just uh, exclusively at the Mariners games. But what's crazy is uh, the Department of Tourism uh, just recently reached out to me um, and we shot a commercial um, for the city, the city of Seattle. You know, those commercials where it's like, come to Alaska and they like show yep. all this. So they shot a commercial and they wanted to use me mm-hmm. as backing track and my relationship with uh, tourists and, and just residents in first and pop. So I thought that was crazy. Cause just like two years prior, they were actually a part of like the reason they wanted me to get out of that location. But now I guess everybody forgot about that. And they're like, Hey, can you come help us shoot this, this tourism commercial to show how awesome Seattle is. And I was just like, yeah, I'll do it. You just got to pay me. Yeah. You got to pay me. <laughs> yeah. And the price just went up just, just like doubled. the condos. Yeah. And uh, did you also request, Hey, I, we got to do it right here on first and Pike. Well, they actually suggested that they are like, Hey, we want <laughs> it was their idea. They were like, yo, can you come back to first and Pike? But also, man, I got like crazy. I probably got like four thousand dollars in fines from the Department of Transportation. And wow. I was like, you know, like who's going to cover these fines? Because I'm not paying it. I'm not paying it. You know, I felt like what I was doing was actually enhancing the vibe of the city. Because like, in first in Pike, there's a lot of tourists, and like when they show up, they just think that's what's happening in Seattle. Like, the, whoa, they got like this going on on a corner in Seattle. And so like, I felt I was helping the city out and the city to then start to target me and just make me public enemy. Number one for playing Michael Jackson. It was crazy. <laughs> I know just the, tra- the tragedy. I mean, it's just a tragedy, especially for the people from Orcas Island. I mean, yeah, I, I, I couldn't understand that. Fry bread and mustard, a Mariners podcast. Jared Kilnick coming back to the Mariners. Yeah, I hope he gives us a bump. We need it. I'm happy for him to come back. I'm, I'm less happy to hear John Denver's Country Road. I'm going to have to hear that over and over, but if that's the trade-off to seeing this guy do well, I'll take it. I don't care if they're playing 1877 Cars for Kids. That's a pretty good walk-up song. Listen and subscribe to Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. But luckily, the the mayor, you know, one one door closes, another one's opened. You've your relationship with the Seattle Mariners has like grown and grown over the years. I mean, you got a promo pack they play on the big screen. Yeah, I've that seen was- that. I've seen that on your socials. I actually seen yeah. that when I was just up there recently. Congratulations. Yeah. I think that's pretty thank awesome. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man, that's the relationship with the Mariners was cool. They, they brought me in a couple seasons back and I was playing down by the pin area where the pitchers uh pitch and warm up and stuff so that was really cool and then as of recently they um they they made a uh like a highlight reel to get the crowd amped and they they uh we shot that right in front of left field gate um with a bunch of other fans too and so they use that as like a you know get the crowd amp what's crazy is this week coming up the next uh home stretch i'll be uh inside of the stadium 
like in the stands on some type of riser or something, kind of uh, being the hype man playing music during the games. Kind of like, you know, you go to basketball games and it's the guy on the organ. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. But I get to do it my way. Yeah. Oh, that's that's gonna be awesome. You're gonna get have to get in there early and go through rehearsals and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to figure out logistics on it all now. So I think it uh it'll be it'll be awesome. My my plan is to like really knock this out and I'll just be there stationary all next season. Yeah. Speaking of other uh like opponents, fans that come to Seattle and go to games, what yeah. are your favorite ones and what are the ones that you're like, oh man, I, this might be uh, a sick day. Like I I, I, I I like try to forget about the ones that don't support like that. But man, LA this recently they kind of took over uh, the stadium. I don't know. I, and I was also like, man, there's no way this many LA fans. It's probably a bunch of Seattle natives just like pulling their LA jersey out of the closet and putting it on. <laughs> but yeah, LA, well, that's what they. That's what LA fans do down here. They're not even fans. They just pull that LA hoodie out of. Hoodie out when they get invited to a game. It's impossible you guys are flying in this deep. But uh, L.A. and then uh, Canada, Toronto, uh, they really, you know, I I guess the proximity, how close they are. But they really support, you know. I get a lot of Canadian money. I used to didn't want the Canadian money, but I'm like, no, it's okay. You give it to me. I just get it. The loonies and the toonies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is going to be a big week. You're going to be playing down there. Where else in the city do you play? Is it pretty much every major event? Did you obviously you're down there for the Taylor Swift uh, weekend yeah, that was um, when Toronto and uh, uh, Taylor Swift are in town? Do you have any stories about that? And what are some other places that you will frequent more when uh, the Mariners aren't in town or in the off season? Yeah, so I play. Um, I'm gonna. I'm, I'll be playing a couple of the Seahawks games. I try playing over at the Kraken um, uh, Stadium, but like that's all private property. So you know, I can't really can't get on that campus like that. But um, also, I play all around Seattle. Um, different different venues that I post on my Instagram. I do a lot of artist development with local artists out here in Seattle. So I do a lot of drum studio work, and um, you know. Um, take a lot of those guys under my wing show them you know what to do and what not to do in the music industry um but yeah we play i throw a lot of cool like private events uh we got a, a location out in kirkland where we throw events at it's super cool uh, but yeah i'm all around town doing the different events i just did a yelp uh event yesterday at hotel 1000 and that was for like all the elite yelp reviewers in the state of Washington, yep, threw them a party. So I was, uh, that is quite an exclusive group there. Yeah, man. I, it was crazy because I like created a Yelp page and I'm not knowing how Yelp worked. And I was like, yeah, give me a review. And they're kind of looking at me like, <laughs> like what, what do I mean? But like, yeah, I didn't know like Yelp was like to review businesses against businesses or, uh, you know, like this business is better than that business. So like they really couldn't review me like based on any other, uh, you know, like who's my competition, you know? So like, I thought that was funny because they were kind of looking at me like, okay, we'll give you a review, but <laughs> I, just, I just thought the opportunity was cool. So when you go and you do these uh, drumming events, do you get a custom Jersey or are you just, are you just throwing on one? Do the Mariners provide you with another Jersey? Uh, Cause yeah, I think yeah. it'd be pretty cool if you got a Pike street drummer Jersey going. They gave me one doing all-star 
what's crazy is like Major League Baseball reached out to the Mariners and asked like, who's that drummer guy? I guess they were scouting the city and probably seeing me there. So like Major League Baseball reached out to the Mariners, like, can you get that drummer guy to perform doing All-Star? And so I got like a custom All-Star jersey for um for the All-Star game. And then I think they're gonna they're gonna uh make me a custom jersey for this uh week coming up. But yeah, when I first got out there, Mariners, um they were they were they were uh giving me a bunch of Mariners gear. because uh, I was just wearing regular clothes, you know, because I like to look fresh. They're like, hey buddy, you need some here's a Mariners shirt. Just, <laughs> just we'll have to yeah. we'll have to get you set up with some rye bread and mustard. Yeah, man, definitely, definitely, definitely. I'll yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. Yeah, I really think they should have a Pike Street Jammer, uh jersey in there. Do you know uh, Stitch God? Yeah, I just actually met him recently. Uh, I've seen a lot of his stuff, man. Yeah, I actually uh, started designing these uh, these this t shirt line uh, mid season. Uh, it's called Saint Wear, and I where I took Saint uh, King Griffey Jr. and I took a I, I turned him into a saint. So the gear is called Saint Griffey. Baseball sure has changed, Junior. Yeah, the hexagon replaced the diamond. And can you imagine facing three pitches? Emerson on base. Oh, the base ejector got him snoozing. He goes Why did it all change? All sport. The game just got too easy. The unsurpassed taste of all sport. A third more carbs than Gatorade for energy could make a difference. Next yeah. up, your grandson's up. Ken Griffey the fourth. Next, it's going, it's going. Watch out, center board. Oh! Center board got him. He was robbed. All sport body quencher. The game will never be the same. So you're going to not be out on the corner this week so at I'll be all. Doing, I'll be doing both, man. I'll be playing the let both. in. Okay. Playing the game, and then I'll be playing the let out. So I'll have like two drum sets, one stationary in the stadium, and then my regular set out out at left field gate. So it's going to be. So, so do you have like a roadie that's helping you do? Yeah, all I got. This I, got stuff? I got a crew of guys that uh, I got. I got three of my homeboys, and they 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 know my setup, and uh, they've been with me. I've actually had them out there on security because the fans can get rowdy, man. By the ninth inning, they're coming out of the stadium hot, drunk. But they also support a lot when they're drunker. I get more money on the let out than I do on the let in because people just dumping money. Like, you're awesome. They're just yeah. in their wallets <laughs> and donation bucket, which is awesome. So, Does a win or a loss affect uh, the donations? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think people are just ready to go after a lot. People are literally like running to their cars after, uh, you know, a loss, you know, versus a win. People are like, still in the area trying to figure out what's going on, like what's next, where do we go? And so they, they stick around a lot more after a win. And so I think this week, though, um, win, lose, or draw, I think it, a lot of fans are just going to be hanging out, especially this weekend. You know, this weekend's already sold out. Yeah, it, this is a historic week. I mean, it, no. we're recording this right now. It's about to happen. It's dropping during the weekend, but – you know, win, lose, or draw down in uh, Texas. Everybody needs to get out. I mean, I'm flying back up for the week. That's how pumped yeah. up I am. To you know, the Mariners, the Mariners uh, fan base kind of reminds me of uh, like, like, uh, like those small town football team fans on Friday Night Lights. Like it, it's like a small big city, but the fan support is like really like they like to support. So I think that that really transfers over to the field so we might get some surprises man i think when when the fans are in it uh the team's in it and then that's just gonna hype it up and plus i'm gonna be in the stadium now too so i'm gonna be putting a little sprinkle on top of that that excitement as well too so hopefully all that transfers into some electricity 
and we're knocking them out the park. So yeah, you're right. It does have that small town feel, especially right down there on Occidental. I know there's uh, other musicians down there. I know the trombone king. Yeah. I know the yeah. uh, dude that rides the bike. I forgot yeah. his name. Yeah, I know uh, you're talking about. That, yeah, yeah. I just man, now that that's the hardest worker down there. Oh, I yeah, think, I think right? so. He's <laughs> He actually travels around the U.S. and around the world, and like he's in competitions in between the games. He's like doing like real deal marathons and stuff. He's got like yeah. he's got like sixteen thousand dollars bikes. Like he gets them sponsored, and then each year he gives uh, the last bike to the VA. But they're like eighteen, sixteen, and eighteen thousand dollars bikes he's riding on. Yeah, man, that guy that guy is killing it down there. The bars down there, everybody knows each other. The hot dog stands. It is. Yeah. It does have that that old uh small town feel to it especially right there on occidental i can't speak for when you get up to pioneer square or or you go down farther into soto but definitely right there it does have a small town feel so if you haven't been up to t-mobile park and you're thinking about it and even if it is sold out get yourself a ticket go in there check out chris on the way and you always got to go in the left field that's where i'm all about that left field and i like to go down to edgar's you know yeah. that th there's my spots i hang we do this podcast over at Tacos and Tequila. Tacos and Tequila, quite, yeah. Yeah, we do, we do our show over there quite often. Uh, we'll be there this week as well. We'll be seeing you, Chris. And congratulations, man, on um, just your budding relationship with the Seattle Mariners and the city of Seattle. And yeah. I feel like they got it right by coming back and, so. you know, putting you in the commercial. It kind of makes it, – it's a very hypocritical uh, – yeah. 180. Yeah. I'm not paying those fines though. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gonna figure that out I'm not paying that. <laughs> no. And I would just bring that commercial. If, yeah. if you ever did have your day in court, I'll be like, here's evidence idea. A, B, C through Z. Just check out this commercial and what I do for this great city. Also, Rose, I'll be like, yeah, dismissed. Um, thanks again for coming on the podcast. You got anything else to plug? Yeah, man, just um, come on through. Have a good time. It's always going to be a great time at the stadium. Uh, say what's up if you see me. Uh, don't forget to donate. My motto is money goes in, music comes out. It's kind of like a jukebox. And, uh, I like it. Other than, that, other than that, we'll see you guys. And let's go Mariners, baby. And we can find you. What are your um, social handles? Come in your so I'm YouTube on, and I'm all on that? Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Pike Street Drummer. I'm on Twitter at Pike Street Drum. And then, or and I just got my website up, uh, PikeStreetDrummer.com. All right, we're gonna go check you out there. Also, I forgot to say, I can't let you off this podcast this early. At the end of every podcast, my co-host, Hanno, who's not here, we do a little thing by the do 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 and then I do the charge. So, since we got the Pike Street drummer up here, I want to hear that the drum of the charge, and I'll handle the charge. Charge. Yeah. We'll see you soon, Chris. All right, brother. Thanks.